Hey there, thoughtful listener. This is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. I'm so excited to announce our new Thoughtful Entrepreneur High Ticket Sales Coaching Program, which you can try absolutely free. No credit card needed. Head to upmyinfluence.com slash free. We're also actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast, the one you're listening to. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now let's get on with the show. With us right now, Kirk Marple. Kirk, you are the founder and CEO of Unstruck Data. You are found on the web at unstruck.com. That's U-N-S-T-R-U-K, no C, dot com. Kirk, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. Yeah, well, go ahead and explain. What does Unstruck do? Well, it's interesting. So there's, I mean, when people talk about data, there's structured data, which is typically like rows and columns, spreadsheets, databases. And then for me, unstructured data is pretty much everything else. And it typically means like media files from documents to audio, video, and even 3D geometry and point clouds um, we're putting in that bucket. So it's, uh, yeah, I mean, we're building a data warehouse to deal with all that other data than typically people would find in like a SQL data warehouse or something like that. Yeah, so uh, give me some more examples of what that what that might look like. Like what so kind of data we're talking about. Pretty commonly, I mean it's it's all about data acquisition. There's usually mm-hmm. some device. Um at simple case it's a it's your mobile phone, it's images, it's video, it's audio. Um but in more complex, it's it's a robot, like the Boston Dynamics Spot robot, it's um drones. Um, So they're capturing imagery, video. You can convert that into 3D um, geometry of of what you're looking at. But what we always do is we look for um, what we say geospatial. So it has a GPS location. You can find it on a map and Mm. temporal. So it's it's time-based. You knew when it was captured. Um, And so we kind of project all the data onto that kind of um, those axes and can do analytics on it. So we can say, hey, show me all my data in this um, sort of geospatial region, like in this area of a plant or this city. Um, You can show it, hey, what happened in the last 90 days? And then we run machine learning and natural language processing on all the data to generate a knowledge graph. Um, So we can kind of, it's basically all about connecting the dots. I mean, how do I... Something I've said in a in a Zoom meeting like this um, matches something that was written in a document, and may match something that's on screen, um, like or on a in an image uh, somewhere. And we try and connect all those dots up for for our customers. Yeah. So imagine we're speaking to a classroom of uh, freshmen, high school freshmen, yeah. um, and explain to them why that's important. <laughs> Well, the funny thing about it is, I mean, this already exists in our normal lives. I mean, Google Photos does this for us. I mean, iPhoto does this for us. You're, you're taking even Facebook. I mean, you're taking pictures, you're taking media, and it's doing identification. I, mean, I can see where my dogs are in all my pictures or where my kids are, um, but it's very consumer oriented. And so it's um, what we're really trying to do is build this for the enterprise where a lot of this tooling, these platforms, I mean, it's not just Google and Facebook that do it for you and me as a consumer. How does a power plant do this? Or how does a, a port do this? Where they're trying to identify um, physical assets in the real world. And over time, they inspect it. They go out. I mean, we've talked to people that every week, every day, they're going out and taking pictures, taking video. Um, but that data ends up 
we call it dark data. I mean, it ends up being <laughs> like you stuffed in a folder somewhere and it's never. Yeah. Moved. And that's a problem where, I mean, I literally just got off a phone call with a big construction management company and they are doing the same thing where they're capturing data over time repeatedly and they don't have good tools to extract uh-huh. value from it. And so, I mean, it's it's something that actually is sort of commonplace for in the consumer space, but it's not as common in the industrial space these days, we've found. Yeah. So, um, you know, obviously you're working with public works, um, you know, kind of industrial government, that sort of thing. Um, what would be, I don't know if you can give me a couple of examples of some um, projects that you've done and and what were they able to do with that? And um, yeah. where, where did that turn into, what did that turn into? Yeah. So, I mean, some examples, we worked with a, a port, I mean, a very large port that they're doing maintenance work. Um, they have somebody at six hour of their eight hour day they're walking around. I mean, their facility, taking pictures, inspecting, looking for cracks, looking for water pooling, looking for anomalies. And they told us that it's a very manual process. They get back to their desk, they upload their data, like plug their phone in, upload it to their desktop, and maybe they put it on Google Drive. And But how they're analyzing it was very manual. They're printing out images, putting it on the wall. They're <laughs> like maybe using naming conventions on the files themselves to try and order um, what to look at tomorrow or what to tell their manager about. And our goal is to kind of triage that data automatically for them, where by the time they get back to their desk, and and so we're offering um, uh, an iOS app, iPhone app, for they, instead of waiting to to get back to their desk to upload this data, we can just do it while they're in the field. And so by the time they get back to their desk, it's already been analyzed with machine learning, um, they've identified maybe different objects um, that they're looking at, and maybe we're finding trends. Like we're saying, hey, wait, this conveyor belt was, I mean, maybe has a crack on it today and it didn't for the last three weeks or something. Um, that's really the, the sort of, I mean, end goal of this is augment their day-to-day workflow, speed speed things up, make them be able to do more in their eight-hour day. Um I mean, that's that's the kind of common thread we've heard of people where, I mean, they're not getting any more hours in the day, they're not getting more people in their team, but what can we help them with to get more out of out of their work week? Yeah, yeah. So Kirk, um, tell me what your background was, uh, what your superpowers were that led you to believe, I am the man for this, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to, to create the technology to do this yeah. thing. I mean, it wasn't intentional for sure. Um, so I've been, I mean, as a career software developer, um, always kind of been in this media space. I Some of my first companies were doing like real-time video in the early days or doing image processing. Um, and I just always liked that area. And it ended up being this common thread through my career. I started a company in the video transcoding space before kind of pre-Netflix, pre-YouTube. And we sold to all the big broadcasters and film studios and it was a great ride. I mean, but it was like a dozen years of my life. Um, And then once I kind of sold that company and moved on, I ended up at General Motors um, working on a data pipeline from the cruise vehicles. And I, they wanted somebody that knew video. I happened to, I mean, be a, a good fit for what they needed. And it was this really interesting job where I got to learn a lot about the industrial use cases because I had been living in kind of the media entertainment world and I started to learn, see all these kind of dots connect up for me in my brain, where all of my experience um, was a lot of stuff that just didn't exist. I mean, tools I'd built for other, other places like ESPN didn't exist for an oil and gas company. 
And they just didn't even know about these kind of tools. And so that was where the idea, and that was about five, six years ago, I started to see, wow, maybe I can build another company in this space that there's things that really need to be done. Um, and, and two or three jobs after that, I was an exec and started to see some of these threads. And then finally it was like, okay, look, um, I actually started writing the platform before in the last few years and had enough built that I could go find funding um, to build on top of. So that was really where I got to is um, in March of this year, we, we got funding, um, built up a team. We're almost a dozen people now. The product's basically ready at this point. We're in early access um, with folks. Um, we've been to a couple conferences and, and now we're just launching. I mean, getting off the ground of pushing marketing, pushing sales. Yeah, um, We're at that kind of cusp um, inflection point um, right now. Yeah. So tell me, how does someone do sales uh, in, in this sort of role? It's really interesting. I mean, and we have these kind of conversations every day of, I don't think anybody's going to Google for unstructured data. And it's, <laughs> sure. I, it's just, it's sort of this thing that people take for granted in a lot of cases. Um, they're moving files around, but it's not a term, like they wouldn't go look for it. So we're doing a lot of outbound um, where we're trying to find people, but also, I mean, our sort of uh, thesis right now is is a lot of conferences. I mean, kind of find people yeah. where they gather. Um, which had been really hard during COVID. It's getting a little easier. Like I've done two in-person conferences in October and it was the most valuable part of the, our sales year, really, um, of just getting to meet people, picking their brain. I mean, I love that part of just figuring out what people need, um, just uh, be able to have conversations. It's just different over a Zoom call than over a Zoom call. And so that's our goal for the first quarter, first couple quarters is let's meet people where they're gathering and then we can have conversations like follow-up Zooms. We get people on the platform. We onboard them, um, kick the tires. And we can, uh, it's a, we have an inbound strategy where um, by the end of the year, people can hit our website, just go click on it, get a free demo. But that requires a lot of marketing or requires yeah. people to find our website. Um, so honestly, I mean, I've done, I mean, a bunch of podcasts this year. It's yeah. just getting the name out there, talking to people. I've gotten great feedback of, People being like, oh, wow, we're like, I've met a lot of other founders, actually, that are in this space, kind of looking at it from different directions. And that part I love is just building up a network of, okay, you're doing this, I'm doing this part, maybe we can work together, um, in addition to the customer side of things. Yeah, excellent. And so what's the potential here? Like, how how does Unstruck make the world a better place? I think it's a really interesting. I mean, it's it's almost something that you don't, I mean, if, if we succeed, it's something that becomes so prevalent is it's just part of every equation that, I mean, everybody, I mean, when you're building an application, I mean, you need a database, you need cloud storage, you need, I mean, code resources, I mean, for checking code and building code, those things like become so commodity, so commonplace that there's these massive companies that are built around these basic um, building blocks. And that's what I see for unstructured for unstruck data as a company, we become a building block within uh, solutions across a variety of industries. And that's what we've talked to. We're not targeting any one vertical. Um, we do see this as a platform that, I mean, there's market, we'll market to different verticals to get, I mean, get some focus out there, but our goal, I mean, my goal really is, I mean, we should be the de facto place that unstructured data is stored. It's, I mean, we can sit on top of cloud storage like S3 or Azure, but mm -hmm. you'll pass it through us because we'll keep an index of it. We'll let you organize it. We'll provide an API um, to, to basically 
query that knowledge graph, and you can then build applications on top of us. You can build a company on top of us. Um, that's really my long-term goal for us. Yeah. Um, I, I see that one of the areas that you work in is in potentially in media and entertainment. What, what, what might that look like? It's interesting. I mean, there's these things called media asset management system or a MAM that has existed for years. It's, it's metadata about the media that is captured. And so, I mean, we in media entertainment, a lot of times it's the content is for eyeballs. It's for the consumer. Um, but they, it's for advertising. This fits very well is um, there's a lot of uh, computer vision companies spun up to identify things in an ad. I mean, are, is there a car? Is there a logo? Um, people's faces, things like that. Um, but the, the problem then is, well, how do you query? Like, how do you use that in a database? How do you say, well, show me all the ads where I saw a Lamborghini or I saw a Toyota um, or how, when I saw the I don't know, Coke logo or something like that? Um, that's difficult. And correlating all that data together and then connecting that dot back to a normal database, like mm. there's going to be some database somewhere that has the the spread, I mean, the spreadsheet type information about the ad. How do you connect those dots? Um, that's where we see. I mean, and and it's not a it's I wouldn't say it's our number one focal point, but I know that we could use the technology we're building for a lot of other domains. Um, and I've seen a couple of companies spun up to target media entertainment. But um, I mean, I, I think there may be other kind of parallel companies we spin out later that can take the same technology and build some other things with it. Um, it's very powerful. I mean, the knowledge graph concept can do a ton of things. And so I have, I mean, I have ideas bubbling around of, okay, let's get this one spun up. Maybe we can use the same tech for a different um, vertical later or whatever. But I mean, there's, we still have a lot to bite off right now. There's a ton of companies out there that, that we're talking to that can use this. Yeah. So doing what you do, tell me about the team that you've attracted and, you know, kind of the, uh, the, 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 the super friends team or the justice league here that, yeah. that you've had to pull together to do the kind of work that you do. Well, I'm happy to say it's, it's all people I worked with before. I mean, it's a really tight knit team. Some of, some of these uh, um, folks are like our third or fourth company together. Um, so we're, we're pretty flat. Um, we actually just hired our first um, C-level executive, um, but he's somebody I work with 20 years yeah. ago. Um, so it's, uh, I mean, we're just starting to get the pieces together to grow. Um, but I mean, we have a head of engineering, we have a head of QA, head of design, um, and, and brand and things like that, that, I mean, these are the, the people that are really, I mean, we act as a, a very flat, very tight team. Um, and then we have, I mean, front end developers, um, designers, folks like that. And only, I guess, I mean, probably 20% of the team was external that I'd never met before and mm. 80 plus, I mean, we'd all worked wow. So it was, I mean, it, it bodes well that, I mean, we, we all like each other. We all, I mean, mm. get along well. And I mean, we, uh, I mean, but we push each other too. I mean, it's, it's, uh, we want to succeed and, and invent new, really interesting things. And like our head of data science, I'd work with a GM and I mean, he and I are really trying to stretch the bounds for next year of how far can we take this? I mean, what other concepts can we embed into this ecosystem and thinking about the physical real world and I mean, digital twins and all these kind of things that um, how can we stretch the, the, uh, the architecture and the, and the design that we've built. So it's, um, but also I want it to be um, really led by, um, I mean, a design aesthetic that it should be easy to use. I mean, that, that's also really important for us as well from, from the top down. 
Yeah, that's fantastic. And so, you know, of those listening, um, you know, maybe it's, uh, you know, making a connection or, you know, someone that's been listening like, hmm, I wonder if Unstruck would be a good fit for us. So w- w- what would be maybe some of those, uh, you know, dr- I, you know, perfect fit customers or partners that you're that you're actively looking to work with right now? We always say follow the data. Anybody that's capturing, I mean, terabytes of data uh, per year or even per month. <laughs> is a good fit. I mean, because it's the, what we found that the statistics say the larger the number, the amount of data that's captured, um, the amount that's analyzed goes down. And so it becomes darker and darker over time. And I mean, we've talked to an oil and gas company that was scanning the seafloor and they have data from years of these, these undersea rovers that go around the seafloor and it becomes lost. I mean, they, it's like, how do I find this part of the North Sea or this the Pacific Ocean from a year ago? And how do I compare that year to this year? Things like that. And the more and more data that's there, if they don't have good processes in place, it goes, um, it becomes less useful. So we always say follow the data. And that's what I tell my sales team is look, look who's acquiring the data, look who's capturing the data and talk to them. And that's why we did a trade show at a um, a reality capture conference that was great in Boise that was all about data capture from land surveyors to, I mean, like uh, people, I mean, doing architects and, and all those kind of things that are capturing a lot of 3D data over time. Um, and we just kind of followed the data. And I mean, and that's where next year we're going to be getting out in the face of more, I mean, there's a autonomous vehicle, um, unmanned vehicle, like drones and things like that, a conference yeah. we go to. And we just want to, I mean, meet the people that are capturing the data. And then what, I mean, I just in a, on that point is I had somebody come up to me after my talk and literally said, look, we have every problem that you described. Like I, I called out like four major problems that we're trying to solve and have, have sort of tips for it. And he's like, yeah, we literally have every one of those problems in, in our business. And that's what we're trying to tackle is, is that kind of just pure data management problem. Yeah. All right. Kirk Marple, founder and CEO of Unstruck Data. Your website is unstruck.com and that's U-N-S-T-R-U-K, no C, dot com. Uh, and how did you decide on Unstruck, by the way? I mean, it was a riff on unstructured data. Yeah. So, ah. uh, I mean, we, I mean, tried to be not too, too exact with it, but it was sort of a fun play on that. Yeah. Awesome. All right, Kirk, thank you so much for joining. When someone goes to unstruck.com, what would you recommend that they click on? Where do they go? How do they engage with you? Yeah. I mean, we have a, um, a form. If you want to become an early access customer, uh, you can send us a note right through there. Or, I mean, we're on, on Twitter and LinkedIn as well. Excellent. All right, Kirk, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, we have an audience of over 120,000 that we would love to promote your story to. Please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. I'm also so excited to announce our new Thoughtful Entrepreneur High Ticket Sales Coaching Program, which you can try absolutely free. No credit card needed. Head to upmyinfluence.com slash free. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. 
Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. What do you win? Well, we will promote you and retweet you and re-share you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans totally free. Can you also hook us up in your podcast player right now? Please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review, and we promise to read it all and take action. Thank you if you've done this already. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, please hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 to 20 minutes a day. My name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement.